Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, Start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Firestone Destination AT2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The volume. Welcome in. Got some topics today about coaches and quarterbacks. And I want to start, John Middlecoff will join us in about 15 minutes. I want to start with the Broncos and Russell Wilson and Sean Payton's 35-33 loss to the commanders. They had a Hail Mary at the end. And uh, had they converted the two-point conversion, we would have gone to overtime. But I had said this before. I didn't think Russell played particularly well. 18 of 32, 300 yards, had a really, really bad pick. He does not have the juice he had previously. Um, and I thought there were large portions of the game that Sam Howell was much uh, more mobile, much more of a playmaker, and was frankly better from the pocket. Uh, and Sam Howell's not as good as Russell Wilson. Shouldn't be. Also, Russell Wilson has Sean Payton, a coaching edge. Uh, and I said this before, is you don't have to be best friends with your coach. You don't have to be. Uh, Belichick and Brady didn't have dinner for 20 years. But there were a lot of things they did have in common. Both were driven, aspirational, no-nonsense adults. Russell Wilson and Sean Payton have the opposite personality. One is uh, harsh, authentic, uh, to the point, doesn't beat around the bush, doesn't care about being polished. Uh, and, and is willing to be intense vocally. And then there's Russell Wilson, who is polished, optimistic, refined. And, and by the way, it's okay for a quarterback to be more optimistic than pessimistic because people make mistakes. You play with young guys. You want Brady try to be optimistic. But uh, sometimes optimism can veer away from realism. And so in order for Russell Wilson and Sean Payton to work, they have to win games. You can't go 0-2 to start the season, both games in Denver. You can't lose to Sam Howell and Ron Rivera as a favorite. You can't lose back-to-back -back games as a favorite against the Raiders and the Commanders. And so this relationship only works because the personalities are so different. It only works if they win these close games and they're 0-2. The very first day he had the opportunity, he did. Sean Payton acquired Jarrett Stidham for a pretty healthy backup quarterback salary, which told you when he got to Denver, the first thing he did was look at Russell Wilson film. How do I know? Because he told me that was the first thing he was going to do. He was going to look at all his plays. What does he do well? What doesn't he do well? Let's avoid the latter. Let's go toward the former. Uh, so he obviously saw stuff on film where he wanted somebody who could sit in the pocket and make throws. Remember, in New Orleans, once Drew Brees got older, 
They had Taysom Hill. They had Jameis Winston. They had Teddy Bridgewater. He was cycling people through as Drew Brees aged. Well, Russell Wilson is 34 and he looks like he's 39. He just simply does not move as well as he did four years ago. I don't know if some of it's confidence, emotional, no major surgeries, 34. He plays much, much older than his age. Brady obviously played much younger than his age. Uh, Aaron Rodgers largely plays younger pre-injury than his age, but this thing doesn't work. And, um, you know, again, the Hail Mary makes this game look more competitive. Very early on, Denver's scripted plays had some success. That's Sean Payton doing the work. But when you get to late first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, early fourth, that's that's quarterback play. That's pre-snap. That's you, quarterback, line of scrimmage. Um, quarterbacks I don't even like. Daniel Jones had very, very good fourth quarter, late third quarters today, just on athleticism and some some big time throws. So I think this, I think they're headed for major turbulence in Denver. Uh, next year, starting next year for five years, this is a massively punitive contract to the Broncos with a coach and a quarterback with completely different personalities. And I, I think there's nothing wrong with being optimistic, but I think it gets frustrating when somebody's really optimistic and there's obvious problems. I mean, I like optimistic people. I don't like negative people. But, you know, if the walls are caving in, you know, we're in the middle of an earthquake. I don't want optimism. I want to figure out a way to get safe and clean the house up. And so I, I think we're looking at a situation here in Denver. This is only going to get worse. The schedule's only going to get tougher. Now they go on the road. And again, if you watch the game, and I did, once they got off scripted plays, second, third quarter, fourth, I thought Sam Howell played more confidently. Really, really hard to figure out. Never seen a quarterback have it, lose it without a major injury. Pre-35 years old. Never seen it. I have no comp. Speaking of quarterback trouble, you can blame the coach or blame the quarterback. Justin Fields right now doesn't look like a franchise quarterback. I don't know if he can't see the field or anticipate, but they spent some money on that offense. The offensive line isn't great, but it's not as bad as others in the league. I mean, you can watch the way they coach him. They so badly want to control the clock, run, speed the game up, shorten it. Um, DJ Moore's a really good player. They got good tight ends. Luke Getzey's a respected offensive coordinator. It just doesn't work. So you're going to have a situation in Chicago. You got to blame somebody. Somebody is done after this season. Is it Matt Eberflus, the head coach? That was Bill Polian's choice. The ownership of the Bears called Bill Polian and said, kind of run our coaching search. And Bill went with Matt Eberflus. Now, I'm, I'm a believer that if you have a young quarterback, hire an offensive coach. If you have a veteran quarterback, okay, then you can go defensive coach. You know, I think there's pretty clear evidence that the, the Jared Goff's career was saved by Sean McVay. Brock Purdy's career has been elevated by Kyle Shanahan. Uh, Shane Steichen has done wonders with Anthony Richardson, who barely played college football. I think young quarterbacks need substantial guidance and a softer landing after bad outcomes. And sometimes defensive coaches can be tone deaf. Matt Everflus may be a, a good coach. I don't know if he's good for Justin Fields, but it doesn't work. I mean, it doesn't work at all. Um, it's it's just bad. I mean, you can it's it's like Zach Wilson of the Jets. Zach isn't just the only reason the Jets lost. Micah Parsons ate him up. But it, it doesn't work. Zach's not a, he's not a franchise quarterback. Now, uh, Justin's bigger, stronger arm, maybe, uh, bigger athlete. Both are really mobile. 
But, you know, Greg Cosell came on my show this week and said, Zach Wilson and Justin Fields don't see the field particularly well. They just leave completions in the pocket. Somebody's got to take the blame for this because we're now, what is Justin Fields? He is five and 22 in 27 starts. I mean, these are winnable games at home against Jordan Love on the road against Baker Mayfield. Again, these look like W's. Um, coaching the quarterback are making more money than they ever had. And they're going to get fired faster than ever. And also remember, this is the best college quarterback class I've ever seen. Michael Penix, Caleb Williams, Shadur Sanders, Bo Nix, uh, Travis Jordan, Drake May, Riley Leonard at Duke. There's at least six quarterbacks. What's that going to do? GMs are going to be much less patient with aging quarterbacks, Denver, or younger quarterbacks, Chicago. And now for our segment called Making It Look Easy, brought to you by Morgan & Morgan, America's largest injury law firm. Micah Parsons of the Cowboys did. Two sacks, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery. Of course, it helps with a below-average, suboptimal offensive line for the Jets. But Micah Parsons right now is arguably the most disruptive pass rusher in the NFL. Morgan & Morgan has over 100 offices nationwide and over 800 lawyers. $16 billion recovered for over 300,000 clients. Morgan & Morgan has been fighting for the people for over 35 years. So if you're ever injured, go to forthepeople.com slash Colin or dial pound 529 to check out America's largest injury law firm. Winning in the NFL is hard. Hiring Morgan & Morgan is easy. Just like they make it look easy, Morgan & Morgan makes it so easy to submit a claim. Well, 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 here we are again. It's like a repeat of last week. So Brandon Staley's defense could not stop Ryan Tannehill the last time he had the ball in the fourth, nor could they stop Ryan Tannehill in his big possession in overtime. Ryan Tannehill, with an offense that's searching for a second receiver. Um, you can blame Justin Herbert, but Justin Herbert has averaged more points in his first three years starting than any quarterback, including Patrick Mahomes, Dan Marino, John Elway, in league history. It's not an offensive problem. That's not the problem. Brandon Staley and Brian Dayball interviewed for the Chargers job. Brian Dayball is who I would have hired. Staley was cheaper and he was on the Rams staff and perhaps the Spanos family felt like, you know, we can pluck him away and slow down the momentum of the Rams. Maybe that's what they were thinking. But Brandon Staley had much less experience in football. Um, so much of the Rams' success is centered around Sean McVay. You have to be careful about plucking people from his staff. Uh, we know that Dable uh, resurrected Josh Allen and got Daniel Jones to the playoffs. I just think they hired the wrong coach. Um, I watched this defense. Bosa, Derwin James, J.C. Jackson. Uh, they've drafted well. They could probably use another interior defensive lineman, but by and large, this is a this is an experienced defense that brought back almost all their starters. Like they're a team that shouldn't be fooled or out of sync like they were against Miami. Okay, it's Miami. But again, the last two big possessions by Tennessee. Tennessee can't get a stop. So uh, the Spanos family's never paid a lot of money for coaches, so they're not going to run them in season. Plus, they made the playoffs last year. Uh, you know, the Athletic, the subscription um, 
sports writer model, which now is owned by the New York Times. Uh, there's a great, I think they do a really good job covering the NFL. I think the individual team writers are fantastic. The Chargers individual writer uh, this week uh, kind of looked back at the Miami game and, and, and picked it apart on uh, some confusion in the secondary. And his primary issue was these guys are all returning. How can they make so many mistakes on third and long and coverages? You can see it on television. They just can't make big stops. So, you know, it, it was interesting. I was talking to Chad Millman this week. Uh, he comes on for Sharper Square and he said, this is a major coaching mismatch, which is why, by the way, I, I thought Denver would win today. I thought it was a coaching mismatch. Um, but Brandon Staley, I mean, you're that front office right now, the Spanoses, Tom Telesco, the GM, I can assure you they're not happy. And I do believe one of the reasons they brought Kellen Moore over, not only did they feel it was an upgrade, but they were concerned on what they saw in the first two years of Brandon Staley's defense. And my guess is Kellen Moore, I don't know if it would happen at the end of the season or Thanksgiving. This team is just simply too talented to be 0-2. There's too many good players on this roster. There's almost no holes. I've been reluctant for years to embrace the Chargers. This is the year I finally did. It's just inexcusable. Football is back in full swing and another week of absolutely epic games. Who's got you covered for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet five bucks. That's it. Five bucks on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody's missing out on action this year. All DraftKings customers, all can take advantage of two new offers every game this September. Get in on the NFL Week 2 action with the DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now. Use the code Colin. That's me, C-O-L-I-N, to sign up. New customers can bet just 5 bucks and take home $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook. Code Colin, C-O-L-I-N. The crown is yours. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward Show. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports. And now newly minted first-round picks like number one overall Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and more. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net with some of their first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out their most popular brands like Prism, Select, Donruss, and more, including Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen such as Draft Night Instance. Visit PaniniAmerica.net 
or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Colin Cowherd Show. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. All right, John Middlecoff. I didn't love that reversal on the. Uh, I would have just given it to him because I could. You can't tell when that uh, first round offensive lineman. I think he was a first or a second round pick for them. Uh, the rookie that people kind of that dubious pick. He's actually been a really good player. Strange. Uh, I didn't love, and I, I'm not. I don't blame officials, but I didn't love that reversal. I would have let it go. I got to tell you something. That game never felt close. The fact that New England was driving. I don't, you know, I, I I don't want to be overly critical of Belichick because he is the smartest coach ever. And just being clever doesn't necessarily win you Super Bowls. But the Niners have the best personnel in the league. I believe that. I think Miami, if you count head coach and then coordinator on the other side of the ball from the head coach, I think you can make an argument Miami's the best coach team in the league between Fangio and his sort of sporadic pass, uh, his blitzes, his coverages. I think McDaniel is so clever. It's like a faster version of the 49ers. Well, he's he's an Ivy League Shanahan, right? <laughs> Ivy League guy. The Shanahan family have known him for 20 years. He's Kyle's right-hand guy. They loved him. It speaks for itself what they're doing. Think how many guys, obviously Tyreek was an established player when they traded for him, and they traded a lot and paid him a lot. Yeah. But how often when the little guy who's 5'9", a buck 80, but he's really fast, is drafted really high in the draft. It feels like they don't hit a lot, and Waddle is a home run. I mean, that guy is a stud. So they, between those two guys and Mozart, the speed they have, I mean, it was evident tonight. I was watching thinking, if, if the Patriots, if you put some of the Brady offenses on this team, they would be fantastic. They're good on special teams. Their defense is really solid. Yeah. Offensively, in 2023, just a little behind the times, it's just not going to work. Yeah, I mean, if you put Jalen Waddle on the Patriots, you'd have a real team. Exactly. They just don't have any juice. And a lot of these low percentage up the sideline routes where even if you catch it, you're often out of bounds. Uh, Bill O'Brien, it, it, New England feels outdated. Like they do things that were that are still very important, like not a lot of penalties, turnovers. They play good defense. But you really I mean, listen, it's like any other culture, John. The rules have all changed. It's such a benefit to be an offensive coach. I, last week, 10 of the top 11 rated offensive lines, according to PFF, had offensive head coaches. And I just feel like New England struggled a little bit up front in protection tonight. Uh, they don't have a lot of juice on the outside. I, I think San Francisco's the best team I've seen so far this year. I think Miami's the second best team in the league. I just, I don't necessarily... Um, I don't trust their offensive line, but then I watched again tonight and I thought it was pretty good, especially when they ran the ball guard center guard on New England. I was like, maybe they can play power football. They did tonight. Yeah, I mean, Moster's been a starting running back on a team that was in the Super Bowl. I mean, he's a he's a really good player if he stays healthy. Fangio, they mentioned this on the broadcast. Obviously, 
you know, New England's offense isn't the Chargers offense, but tweak some stuff, change with the defensive line. I mean, he he's elite. And I'm sure he's he's probably the highest, you know, highest compensated defensive coordinator in the NFL. I mean, he probably makes five million dollars or something a, a year. So he's he's the real deal. I I think that if they keep two on the field, I mean, they do a lot of they don't ask him to sit back seven nope. step drop and just like it's a lot of getting the ball, you know, getting rid of the ball quickly. They, those two wide receivers get open so fast that what are you going to do? You're not going to press them because you're terrified they're going to run by you. You play off, you get it to them quickly, and then get by you. Th- those two guys are just an elite combination, which it's not normal for small guys, two small guys to be able to dominate, but they just are on the upper end of, obviously, Tyreek's a Hall of Famer, and I, I think Waddle's one of the better young just players in the league. Yeah, tonight when you juxtapose these two teams, it was really, and I said this Friday on The Herd, I said it's going to be a clash of cultures. It's like 1998 football and 2023 football, and uh, the newer version won. It was just a matter, again, if you gave New England one elite number one receiver, this team can play with anybody because that's what they're missing. Uh, The question was, can Miami play physical football like New England? And I think it was answered tonight. They had a more consistent pass rush. They ran the football between the tackles. It was like, wow. Miami can play power football, too, with Mike McDaniel, which is, by the way, that system is built ideally to be able to do both. San Francisco does both. So Miami and San Francisco, that those are the two best teams I've seen. Do, do you dispute that? Anybody else you've seen? No, I mean, San Francisco today, I thought, had their C game and won pretty easily. Uh, so, yeah, they're, they, they look pretty good. The AFC, I mean, there's just, obviously, the Bengals are 0-2. The Chiefs. They'll be fine, but they're not playing yeah. very well right now. Uh, the Chargers are in shambles. We'll see tomorrow with the Steelers and the Browns. But yeah, I mean, the Bills, you know, they played the Raiders, who defensively have been shitty for a decade. But yeah. I, I'm with you on Miami. I think they got it just because I believe in Vic Fangio. Don't love the personnel, but he's such a good coach. They'll figure it out. Yep. And who knows? Maybe Jalen Ramsey, they're able to get him back by December. That yeah. could be a huge boost, right? But I, I think with New England, and I never understood when Kyle Shanahan, who clearly wanted to draft him number three, talked out of it, I don't view him ever as a first-round pick. Like, I don't take guys like him and Kenny Pickett in the first round. I just don't. Cousins and Dax, these guys go, that talent level goes later in the draft. Now, if you are going to hit on that guy, he's got to be pretty flawless in terms of not turning the ball over. Last week, airmails the ball, pick six to the volume slay. This week, I mean, that pick... You can say, oh. well, their guys don't get open, but you just can't throw. You're just throwing it right to the other team. And that's yeah. that's the thing with New England. The mistakes, the mistakes. I was at the Fresno State game last night at Arizona State, and a lot of former players, a lot of Pat Hill used to send a lot of guys to New England. And talking to these guys the you know, in the 2000s, in their heyday, before the second half of the dynasty, the, the discipline and the mandates for zero – you know, excuses of missed assignments, screw ups, turn. It just was not allowed it, 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 because it started with Tom and it went all the way down. Everyone, any moment you screwed up, you get cut. Obviously, no, they weren't cutting Tom, but it was just, and you just watch them now. It's like the mistakes. You can't really cut Mac, but they're kind of just in the boat with them. They can't go anywhere else. And he's a, he's a turnover machine right now. Yeah. And, and the other thing was in New England's heyday for most of the, um, dynasty. I, I viewed them as smarter than other teams. I watched teams like Baltimore come into town with more talent than the Ray Lewis teams. The Steelers yeah. had more talent. Uh, there were years the Colts did, Denver did, but New England outsmarted you. They would they would dial up a trick play late in the third quarter that, you know, Edelman throwing downfield, special teams. I don't feel New England's a smart team. When I watch them, I think they're a team 
that lack speed. They don't, they're not, their schemes aren't smarter. They're not fooling people. Uh, they're turning the ball over. If you, they never had to be the most athletic team or the best roster, but they were good. They had playmakers. I mean, even Wes Welker, Edelman, they had a playmaker feel. Gronk, Aaron Hernandez, didn't have to be Randy Moss. Playmakers, they got no playmakers. Kendrick Bournes, Devontae Parkers, and they're not terribly smart. They make the same mistakes everybody else does. Now, uh, I think one of the things you have to, I spent the weekend in Chicago, flew back this morning. Uh, I came into the season saying I'm about 55, 60% in the Justin Fields is going to make it, but I don't love what I see as a passer. I mean, I thought today uh, it was bad. Like you, you fly home, he's blaming the OC. I think you fly home and there are people having discussions in that team upstairs on that staff that are don't believe in him. That's my takeaway is you, you got to win that game against Tampa Bay and Baker Mayfield. And Baker Mayfield was far more productive. Like they've, that offensive line for Chicago, it's not elite. It's not, it's, you know, it's not uh, Philadelphia. John, it's not that bad. There was time today to make plays. He's not very good, Colin. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's just that simple. He, he's not right now. He's a low level NFL quarterback. Yep. Of all the 32 starters, he's much closer to 32 right now than he is 20. I, I watched that game, and there were a lot of good games on this morning, but every single time that they were on offense, I clicked back to it. I, I thought, one, he's just not very naturally accurate. He's not. That, that really stands out. And, and, you know, a lot is made of seeing the field and stuff, and that's Kyle Shanahan, when they made that trade, it was a two-horse race. He didn't even mess with him. He was not even in consideration because he thought he did not see the field. He did not anticipate. And coaches, I think, sometimes see that better than like the front office scouting because that's, you know, that they scheme the offense. But there were a couple plays today on just like wheel routes and just balls in the flat where he is throwing 99 mile an hour fastballs at guys' feet. You don't need to throw, just throw a changeup, but he can't really. And obviously now his confidence He's just, he's a bad player. And you you can tell me all you want. Win-loss record is not a quarterback stat. Bullshit. I mean, all the good quarterbacks win. Yeah. And he's not, like, they didn't even have a chance. I mean, ba- Baker Mayfield looked like Drew Brees relative to him on the same field. Now, and Baker's playing pretty well, but yeah. Justin Fields was, that was bad. That that was Listen, really, really bad. <laughs> I, I, I always kind of roll my eyes at the uh, quarterback. It, it's uh, Winning is not a quarterback stat. It, 27 starts, 5 and 22. Come on. Uh, Dan Marino didn't win Super Bowls. Dan Marino won a lot of games, okay? And and not always not with always, you know, great personnel. Brett Favre won a lot of games without Pro Bowl wide receivers. There there's three or four plays in every football game that high-end quarterbacks make. Uh Mac Jones tonight on that final drive. Some of those play he just doesn't move well enough. Um and I think what happens John in situations like this is for instance, Herbert I saw some stat uh, in his last like four starts. You know, he's 66% completion percentage, 98 passer rating, 1,300 yards. They're 0 and 4. And nobody looks at Justin Herbert and says, it's Justin's fault. They're putting up 26, 28 a game. This is different. We, you may not love the coach, but what happens when you don't love the quarterback? So uh, here's the thing I think it would be a tougher decision for Chicago. But if you're the GM and you're the owner and you have a draft coming up with six to seven first round quarterbacks and all of them, I mean, Drake May, uh, Shador Sanders, Caleb Williams, Michael Penix is having a season. Crushing it. It's like, okay, 
all of these guys look like modern. Even Bo Nix looks better this year. So I, I do think it's easier to move off. It's easier to move off Justin Fields than maybe any other year. And I'm sorry, their offensive personnel, John, it's not that bad. It's not. I think it's a two-pronged question. Now, one, do you leave Justin Fields? It's an easy one because you just watch him every week. Even the fans will agree he's not good enough. It's not one of those that it'll be universal. It is growing by the week. I mean, my mom can tell the guy's not a very good player at this point. This GM and coach didn't draft him. Then you look at the coach and the GM. Are they the right people to do this moving forward? They traded for Chase Claypool last week, pick 32. I'm sure you saw that viral video going around. That's a good example, a good organization. Okay, the pick's long gone. Cut the guy after week one. What are you going to do? Lose more games? You're, you're already losing. How do you allow that to happen? And to me, I, you just question the operation there. Obviously, Eberflus. Is he good enough? I, I got no clue. So you're going to draft Penix? Because they're going to be in position, not just with their pick, but remember, we've talked about this with Carolina's pick. So even if they're at like three and six, they're, they could easily maybe get up a spot. They're, they're going to have a ton of options. Right, but are these people the group to do it? We've we've seen them make moves. The draft one was relatively easy. They they had Carolina, you know, kind of bent over a barrel on that one. But some of these other moves, it's like, are, do they know what they're doing? Especially the defensive coach. You always talked about th- talk about this. So I I don't know. I mean, people in the NFL, it's always easy to say, we'll just tank for this guy. Well, that's true for the fans, but we see coaches all the time. Todd Bowles is a good example. Oh, Tampa just sucked. Try to get Caleb Williams. Todd Bowles not thinking like that. Mike Evans and those guys aren't thinking like Baker's not thinking like that. So they're not, I don't know if they're going to be a 10 win team, but they're going to try like hell to be eight, nine wins. Right. So the bears are just going to suck because that's the quarterback's not any good, but do the other, if, if they were in position with better personnel, would they be doing better? Like, are these guys capable? We see it with Brandon Staley, right? It's clear. He's not good. He's been given a team that if you flip flop him and Vrabel, you'd be like, well, the Chargers are going to win 13 games. The Titans would win. What? Fucking five? I mean, they'd be terrible. Yeah. Well, it, it's a great example. I want to I want to pivot to that because Brandon Staley got into it uh, again with a reporter on the post game press conference, and he is feeling the heat. And I know the Chargers in house don't love Staley snipping at reporters. He comes across as sort of a know it all and condescending. McVeigh doesn't. Um, I think you've said it before. Brandon Staley's acting, pretending to be a coach, and Sean McVeigh is a coach. But it was another example today where Ryan Tannehill's final drive in regulation, they couldn't make a stop. Ryan Tannehill's drive in overtime, they couldn't make a stop. Not only do they have a Bosa on the edge, but they returned, I think, like 10 starters. They're not, and, and they have two draft picks, both, especially two from USC, the edge. They've, they're good players. I mean, they, they've, they, Tom Telesco is one of the better drafters in the league, first four picks. Yeah, he just doesn't miss. Now, you could say Khalil Mack was overpaid, but the truth is, at that time, they needed somebody. Like, two, having two pass rushers, Herbert wasn't making any money, your left tackle, Rashawn Slater's not making money, you can pay two pass rushers. I don't think the Spanoses will eject Staley this year, but let me throw this at you. Did they hire Kellen Moore with an eye on making him the coach? Because the Spanoses don't pay a fortune. You don't have to pay Kellen Moore $12 million. I would guess today Kellen Moore's the coach next year. I don't know if they'd replace him midseason, but like when a, when a coach is arguing with the press and, and calling them out by name, like to me, that feels personal. 
and defensive. Well, I think sometimes there are going to be different sides to arguments sometimes when it comes to play calling or individual player. I think everyone's in agreement here. The Chargers don't have a good enough coach for the team that they have. And most people thought this offseason, you got Sean Payton in your backyard. He's already in L.A. He likes it. He clearly loves your quarterback. Anyone that follows this team knows he was never going to pay him money. That's not the way they operate. Look at their last several coaches. McCoy, Anthony Lynn. Anthony These guys Lynn. on the on the hierarchy of NFL salaries are near the bottom, if well, not Mike the bottom. Riley. Aren't they? I mean, they're the cheapest. So, yeah, yeah I think Kellen Moore, I think there's a chance. You're 0-4, 0-5. You keep losing games, which you can't pick them to win moving forward just because you can't trust the head coach and the defense is in shambles. Yeah, I, I could see them, you know, kind of pulling the trigger because there was clearly pressure coming into the season. He feels it. Think about some of the moves they made. I'm with you on Khalil Mack, but a big reason they wanted Khalil Mack because this guy had coached him, helped make his name with Khalil Mack back when Khalil Mack was good. They gave up a second round pick. He makes a lot of money. I, I love Khalil Mack as a young player. He's a shell of himself. He's not very good. Right. JC Jackson, you spend a lot of money. That's, right. That's not working out. Now he got hurt, but so you allocate a lot of resources. It's not working. Your head coach has nothing to do with the offense or the quarterback. So if the defense sucks, what's he really doing? He's not like some rah-rah motivator, Mike Tomlin, Nick Saban, Deion Sanders. That, that's not his deal. Right. I think he's in major trouble. I mean, I because he's not that expensive to fire. It's not like you're firing Andy Reid or Sean Payton where you have an $80 million payout. I think they're a couple losses away from just just doing that. You know, and, and almost and almost getting a yeah, free interview, at- Colin, with Kellen. Yeah, I'm getting, I'm looking at some numbers right now. So if anybody's watching this on YouTube, I'm looking at some numbers because as you know, they threw for almost uh, 500 yards. Uh, and tonight, again, I think the Chargers have better personnel overall than the Patriots do defensively. And remember the Patriots were missing two corners and one got hurt. Two are through for 249 yards and an interception against New England against the Chargers, a more talented defense. He almost threw for 500 yards and three touchdowns. Tonight, Tua struggled. Tua dropped a couple of snaps. Uh, Tua was pressured. So there's a prime example is that Tua won, but he he sputtered for a while. He wasn't perfect. A lot of the stuff was yards after catch. He almost got double the yards against the Chargers that he did against New England. And the Chargers have better personnel. Well, think about this. You watched the Bengals the last couple of weeks. You go, well, if Joe Burrow's going to look like this, th- yeah, they're going to lose. Like, they, he's got to play better. I don't know if his calf's issue. He just looks off. The, the eye test, it does not look like Joe Burrow. Now, last year he started slow, whatever. But it's understandable. You go, if Joe Burrow's going to play like crap, the Bengals are going to lose. Well, Herbert's playing well. <laughs> you know, they, they keep scoring points. He looks like a really good quarterback. And they keep losing. It, the Dolphins last week, okay, it turns out maybe the Dolphins 14-win team. This Titans team, I mean, how many guys with the Titans would start for the uh, for the Chargers? And, and to me, it's just simple. It, it's a coaching, it, it's like Patrick Mahomes versus Justin Fields or something. It, the, the mismatch is so, so wide that, of course, they lost because Mike Vrabel is an elite coach. Yeah, they have uh, their defensive, uh, interior defensive lineman for Tennessee. He had a sack. Simmons is good. Yeah. He's Jeffrey a Simmons. He's a, he's a star. Yeah, and they've got about two or three other guys that you would obviously get run, but it it was a lopsided game today. And I think even the I was reading something on the internet yesterday about it. Like the the wise guys like the Titans simply because they thought it was a coaching one of the worst coaching mismatches in the league this year. So um I mean we might as well talk Dallas and the Jets. I, I think I think Dallas 
you know, there's not a lot of great quarterbacks in this league. There's about six great ones, and then there are six good ones. Anybody that's not on that list is not beating Dallas this year. Now, Jalen Hurts can. Daniel Jones can't. He can't beat him. Uh, Sam Howell can't. Sam Howell can't beat him. Zach Wilson can't beat him. I mean, I look at Dallas and I go up and down their schedule. And the way I look at that defense, John, is there's about six quarterbacks in this league that can beat them and another four or five that if they get protection, you know, it'll be a close game. I think Dallas's defense is going to win them 12 games. I, I think Dak is not the story. Um, is Micah Parsons the best defensive player in the league? Well, he, he had a play today on, I think, his first sack. He was at full speed and half a step on a little stunt. It's like, what are you supposed to do with this? I, <laughs> I, I, I was way too young to really remember, you know, watch LT's prime, but that has to be some of what it looked like. The speed, the violence, the closing ability, how you can move them around like a chess piece. I thought this last year in the second round, they went toe to toe with the Niners who are clearly, if not the most, but right there now with Dallas, the most physical team. I mean, they, they are violent on defense and the Cowboys were ready to win a championship on defense. But Dak threw the two picks and that the game was tight. Purdy didn't play that well because it's hard against the Cowboys. This defense feels even a little bit better. Maybe Micah's 5% better. All the guys have played together a little longer. They kept Dan Quinn. I'm with you. I picked Dallas to win the East at the beginning of the year. Not because I don't think highly of the Eagles. I think both of them are 13, 14 win teams. But I've seen what the Niners do separating with an elite defense and an elite pass rush. It, it just takes over. I mean, Zach Wilson... Listen, has he improved? Who knows? Like I, You weren't going to find much out this week. Probably have a better idea next week when he's playing Belichick. But that that team, I'm telling you, if they just need to get the four-game stretch, if they stay healthy, like Eli got, like Joe Flacco got, where Dak is just under control. They don't need the wild-card game where he throws five touchdowns every week. Can he just play a couple-game stretch where he's not throwing the ball to the other team and they can win a Super Bowl? Because that's how good the defense is. The same with the Niners. The Niners could have won several Super Bowls. Their defense was right there. Jimmy just let him down a couple times. Well, look at this. So here are the quarterbacks the Cowboys face. Dobbs, Arizona. Win. He can't beat him. <laughs> no. Mac Jones, Patriots with no number one receiver win. Now, Brock Purdy's got a shot because of his personnel. Herbert, okay. Stafford, I don't think they have enough weapons. Cooper Cup is back. It'll be interesting. Jalen Hurts, yes. Then Daniel Jones, Bryce Young, Sam Howell, Geno Smith. I mean, they're, they're, they could, they're going to win a lot of games. They're going to win a lot of games. They got three yeah, games. You know, if they if they somehow split with the Eagles and that Niner game on Sunday Night Football, I think it's going to be a coin flip game. If they can somehow go two and three, you're looking at the number one seed, right? And if they go one and three, you're maybe looking at the wild card, right? So it's going to – and I think all these games, the Niners play the Eagles. Obviously, the Niners play the Cowboys, and the Eagles play the Cowboys twice. You know, it's these games are going to come down to a fumble here who doesn't throw a pick, and it's going to decide because all three have number one seed talent. Right. I, I think right. clearly the Niners have the most established head coach right now in terms. He's the play caller. Also, McCarthy say this when you have that good of a defense, it hardens your team because you practice against it. And now this team. So the, right. the Cowboys, to me, just look a little bit better than they did last year. And they were pretty good last year. And the Eagles, you and I talked about this. Anytime you change. If we got we went to the store and got a set of ingredients you know, 2X, I cook a meal and, you know, Gordon Ramsay cooks the meal. Even though it's the same ingredients, the meal is going to taste different. So just because the players return, new coordinator, it doesn't look the same. Right. Yeah. And I also think Dan Quinn. They'll be, smart. they'll be fine, but. Yeah. 
No, I Dallas is. Uh, I have. I had them as a playoff team. I also think um, Philadelphia. Uh, we can circle back to Thursday. Philadelphia is pulled back. They don't. They don't know quite what they are. And it's interesting because um, you know they have a power running quarterback and they signed him to a big contract. And it's like when Russell Wilson signed his big deal, he didn't want to run anymore. And then Jalen Hurts signs his big deal. And my takeaway is, if he plays only four more years, that's worth the contract. He's a power running quarterback lean into what he is. It's almost like some of these guys that run around when they sign the big contracts, they think, okay, that's for a pocket quarterback. It's like, no, bro, like Lamar Jackson today. Uh, I always thought Lamar throws it better than people give him credit for, you know, but I watched him today and he is just a pain in the ass to defend. (laughs) He's just, he's just difficult. And Baltimore is a fascinating team because none of these injuries other than JK Dobbins are season ending injuries. I don't know how much you watch today. Um, I think both. They look good. I, they they look good. Lamar Lamar looked good. I mean, he was dynamic. I thought he was dynamic, and I think, you know, you start looking around at who can beat Patrick Mahomes. Well, you take out the Chargers because we don't like the coach. Forget Denver. Uh, Cincinnati sputtering. Buffalo makes too many mistakes. You know, I look around at, and I'm you know Baltimore is one of those teams. Like if OBJ was healthy, Zay Flowers plays well. Baltimore's just goofy enough counter uh to what the league is do you find them to be a legit kind of afc championship team i think they're so different they're hard to prepare for i think a lot of these type players have come into the league really starting with tyreek hill and and debo and i think waddle waddles like this i think zay flowers he's a really dynamic player and and you put him on that offense he can he can do a lot like he can play receiver you put him in the backfield you can give him end arounds He's added a new element because you know Baltimore is always going to be solid on defense, their culture of toughness. When Lamar is running around, because I like what you said about Hurts, I missed on Hurts. I thought he was, I didn't like him in college, but I said, hell, if he can't play quarterback, he could just transition to become a running back. He, his instincts as a runner are elite. What did he do right yeah. away when he came in the NFL? He was a dynamic runner. Well, now it feels like clearly they've told him, be careful. Last year you hurt your shoulder. Lamar today's running around like it's 2019. I know. Hurts is kind of feeling his way out. Yeah. It's like Jalen either, and they call some quarterback powers. Well, if you're going to tell him he can't run fast, don't call those plays anymore. But that's a huge element of why he's a $50 million player. So now they're kind of caught in no yep. man's land. Yep. He's thinking he's not running as fast. He's never going to be, he's more of a rhythm player, kind of yeah. like Russell was in his yeah. peak. He's not just going to sit back and throw 40 times and go yeah. 37 of 40. That's not his style. It's blended in with the runs like Lamar, and he can outplay Mahomes in the Super Bowl. But when you take away one of those elements, new play caller who's clearly not as good as Shane Steichen, it's just, it just, it looks a little weird. Where, I, listen, the Ravens kept talking, we're going to spread it out and throw. I've watched the first couple of weeks, they're just kind of playing Raven football again. Yeah. No, I like, I think Baltimore leans into what Lamar is. And I think what he is is the fastest human being that's ever played quarterback. And if you don't use that, it's silly. And I still think Lamar throws the ball better than people give him credit for. Um, you know, I was, I, I was thinking about it's, you know, I, I, this weekend was an interesting weekend because, you know, there wasn't, and nothing blew me away. I mean, I can't hit a pick. I'm 0 for 9 on my picks. I, I got Carolina tomorrow. I can't, for the life of me, I can't get a pick. Um, was there anything this weekend? I mean, Colorado almost lost to Colorado State was the only surprising thing I saw this weekend. Was there anything that took you back this weekend? Or um, like I thought Green Bay, Atlanta, the line was one. It, you know, I, I don't I don't take much into it. 
didn't shock me that Seattle went on the road. Gino played pretty well and won. Was there any, did you have any takeaway to you this weekend, college or pro, that it was like a whoa moment? Well, wh one thing I might be wrong on, and I, I might have talked you out of this because you were loved them. And I was like, you know, I think they're going to be the worst team in the league. And that was the Rams. A lot of you, because you liked a lot of the young players. Their young players look pretty good. Yeah. And the one thing, one thing they have is a big time head coach who is a fantastic play caller, who's just awesome. I mean, Sean McVay's a stud. His quarterback, when healthy, is a pretty freaking good player. And, you know, the Niners essentially won by 10. He kicked a field goal with no time left, but to make it a seven-point game. Rams team's pretty good. If they had Cooper Cup on the squad, they're going to be able to score on a lot of people if Stafford's playing healthy. They have some young speed on defense. Number zero, young, the pass rusher they drafted. He's yeah, flying yeah. around. Sean, I, I thought... I misread that squad. I, they have a little more talent than I thought, and obviously I thought the quarterback was breaking down last year. He looks fantastic. He looks like yeah. the version of the guy that they got. Maybe they yeah. are more in the wild card mix and, and not in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes than I realized. I, I, I'm going to have to uh, pivot on that take, I think. Yeah, so they have a rookie receiver from BYU. He's fantastic. The, yeah, so he's, I think he's got 25 catches in two broke weeks. A, so. Broke a record. Most ever in NFL history, first two games. So I think they're moving off Van Jefferson, who one of the picks today by Stafford was Van Jefferson didn't run the right route. He didn't go vertically. He kind of yeah, like yeah, yeah. faded on it. So if if Cooper comes back as a one, now they have a two. By the way, Tutu Atwell looked like a bust. Now he's productive. You know what they do? And they told me they were going to do this. They just put him in motion so you can't get your hands on so him. Fast. And he gets a running start. He's just too fast. So now they have, and Tyler Higby's a very nice tight end. So now they have Tutu Atwell, Cooper Cup, the rookie from BYU. And now you're like, all right, now it's a real offense. And I, I will say this. Um, here's a prime example of what I talk about. 10 of the top 11 O-lines were offensive coaches. So... Rob Havenstein, the right tackle, is very good, and they drafted a very good left guard out of TCU. Everything else, they got a left tackle playing right guard. They got a guard who was a backup center now starting at center. They have an undrafted guy playing left tackle. It's a prime example. Sean McVay, twice Jared Goff's first year with him, and this year has basically taken an offensive line that was a bit of a wreck and solved it in a single offseason. McDermott, five years, can't get it right. Tomlin, six years, can't get the O-line right. Twice, because the Niners didn't get as much pressure as you think they would against an O-line outside a right tackle that's viewed as poor. They they weren't getting, Colin, they weren't getting any pressure until they started blitzing Fred Warner. So it's like the Rams in two starts have done a great job of production. You look at these defensive coaches, They Andy Reid, one off season. Got the O-line right. McVeigh did it with Whitworth. McVeigh's done it. This is the difference between offensive and defensive coaches. The ability, because during camp, I was following the Rams' offensive line stuff through the athletic. I was following the young reporter. <laughs> it was a mess. They were giving you like six different options. And then they ended up starting note boom at a guard. They just bailed on the tackle. And they're good and highly functional. So I... I Again, if Cooper Cup comes back and plays, what they'll be in the NFC is around a wild card berth. Because let's be honest, Dallas is probably better than we all thought. Detroit did Detroit today. I think you're right. I think the Rams will be viable. I think they'll be a wild card team in their in the race. I think the NFC is a lot like college football, 
where the Cowboys, Niners, and the Eagles, they'll figure it out. They're just so much more talented than all the other teams, are essentially like the Georgias and Michigans. And then everyone else is kind of vying, you know, for spot four through seven. And we got Atlanta, Green Bay, Seattle, the Rams, Detroit. They're all kind of in that world. You know, they'll one team may win a playoff game, but I don't see any of those teams beating the Eagles right. and definitely the Cowboys and the 49ers. Yeah. Right all right, John Middlecoff, great stuff. Uh, appreciate it. And um, I'm going to bring in Dave Wanstat tomorrow. I want to talk about the Bears because I, I really think it's a, I think it's going to get really ugly. Talk radio. Chicago is one of the last cities in America. Philadelphia, Boston, New York, where talk radio has influence. That is all people are going to talk about for the next 72 hours. Is Justin Fields? Well, could he? Could he get? Could he get benched sometimes? At sometime this year, I don't, if he keeps going I don't, at this level. Or you just write it out. I think they'll write it out, but I think. Listen, it's it's you know what happened, John. There's too much social media. There's too much video out there. There's too much film. You have proof now. I went before we came on tonight and looked up two different things on the internet where there are people wide open, downfield. Yeah. He appears to be looking at them and he won't let it go. There's just too much out there that works against him. Five and 22 wide open receivers. I mean, Baker Mayfield looks so much better today than Justin Fields. And again, not talk radio is not the be all end all, but everybody listens to it in Chicago, New York, Boston, Philadelphia. They just do. They don't in Los Angeles. Nobody's listening, right? San Francisco a little bit, but in a lot of these markets, you know, Atlanta, it's just not the same. I, I would love to listen to sports talk radio in Chicago tomorrow. <laughs> it's going to be ugly. All right, John. Great seeing you, Bob. See you, Colin. The volume. Football is officially back. No more preseason games. The regular season is here. Listen, we all like watching football on TV, but nothing's better live and in person. And the best way to get tickets to any of these games is at game time. The fastest growing ticket app in the entire United States. For last minute, amazing deals on tickets to see your favorite football team in September. Go download Game Time right now. And it's not just for football. Baseball playoff games, comedy shows, concerts all across the country. Download the Game Time app and use the redeem code Colin, C-O-L-I-N, $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, download the Game Time app. The redeem code is Colin. That's my name, C-O-L-I-N, $20 off if you do that, no matter where you live. Get out and have some fun this weekend, baby. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Game time. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com.
Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.